Welcome to ReCW, your weekly look into the world of extreme from episode one all the way to 401. This week, you have myself, Paul, and I'm joined by Jay. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing all right. It's um, ReCW time again, and I couldn't be happier. It's true. I believe this week we're looking at episodes 135, 136, and maybe 137. And 137. Let's go for it. Let's go for the, the triple threat, if you will. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a, a crazy week. I'm struggling without much internet. Griff is struggling to fly home. Um, yeah, it's, it's been it's been fun. It's uh, yeah, but we're still here. We're still kicking along. You know, the the, the tribe of extreme still continues to go. Um, well, how resilient it. we that, march on. We we won't let. Um, yeah. Obviously, last week we went slightly out of pattern because we reviewed the whole of November to remember '95, rather than doing it through the episodes as it was at the time. So, um, spoiler alert: the next three episodes that we cover now are basically going to be a lot of recaps of that event. With obviously other bits mashed in between, so um, yeah, we have to work through that. Yes, brother, it's going to be amazing. Um, you know, this thing we've said that we're going to do the specials. The way the TV works means that we do the special, and that kind of covers a huge chunk of um, of the episodes. But that's cool because we'll just recap them. We'll talk through them again, and, and you know, there's, yeah. there's there's new bits that are. are uh, kind of sprinkled in. Well, you know, once the proper pay per views start with barely legal and everything else, it filters in sort of properly and doesn't become such a a massive sort of uh, notch into the episodes and stuff like that. So it works out. Um, episode one hundred and thirty-five, back on the twenty-first of November, nineteen ninety-five. We start off with highlights of the Broad Street Buddy versus Donnie Allen from November to remember. And of course, we remember that was interrupted by Bubba Ray Dudley. It was um, Bubba Ray runs out, does his um, uh, stuttering gimmick where he talks um, comfortably and and. Uh, happily about uh, everything and anything does a huge great long introduction really well spoken really good um uh promo and then as he goes to say his name oopsie daisy he stutters all the way through and big thing gets but, pissed but, off with him but, 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 but. <clears throat> that's pretty much it and um, yeah, uh, beats them both up. yeah and this was um you know my my first on the, the last week's show, we were talking about it. This was my first um, realization that the Bubba Bomb also has a stutter, um, which I'm still a fan of. Even watching it as a replay, I'm still a fan of the fact that he he has them in the prone powerbomb position and uh, tries to lift them in as like but 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 before he can lift them up and do the bubble uh, the Bubba Bomb. Um, but that's it. It's just the um, it's just small details in it that make the difference. Yeah. And it is, it's just kind of silly stuff like that. That uh, I mean, I, I, I do have um, uh, issues, not the right word, but um, everyone in 
ECW does a power bomb that's their name bomb. So Bubba Bomb, Stevie Bomb. Um, the Pitbull Bomb isn't the Pitbull Bomb, is it? Is, was it the Super Bomb or something? But it was. Yeah, it might be. It could be the Super Bomb, bomb and, and the Super Duper Bomb, and yes. that was it. Yeah. Um, so that happened. Then get um. Is it Rocker Rock and Too Cold having a little bit of a dance off before the match? Yeah. Again, um, all, again, all from November to remember again. Yeah. So again, they all run out and do their um, dance before they get into the, the match. Um, it's a little bit weird, really. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it's the same match from November to remember. It's going to be sort of Sandman and Scorpio versus Public Enemy, tag team titles on the line. Uh, the winner of the fall gets a world title match. Yeah, so if either of the Public Enemy pin two gold Scorpio, uh, oh. they get the TV title and the tag title and then go on to face whoever gets the pin also then goes off to face Mikey. Um, if... Scorpio wins, then he keeps the tag and the TV and goes off to face Mikey. If Sandman wins, then they keep the tag and he goes off to face Mikey. Um, so there is a one in three chance, or no, three in four chance, that someone goes off with two belts to see if they can become a single night triple crown all the card champion in one night. So what are the odds for Sandman? <laughs> Exactly, um, sure, it can be done. Obviously, we know from last week that Sandman sort of picks up the fort. It's fairly well documented. The public enemy, I think, are on their way out at this stage. Um, could be WCW yeah. bound. I mean, I know they pop up next couple of weeks, but I'm pretty sure they're WCW bound at this point. Yeah, and again, I'm not it's... sure when they officially debut. No, we'll do a little bit of research because, you know, as you said, we'll watch their first WCW match. Um, and they do pop yeah. up over the next couple of shows as well that we'll talk about today. It's um, always hard to tell with, with ECW because so much of it is a shot kind of out of order and round and about that um, it does uh, get a little bit carried away. Um, Public Enemy, just incredible how popular they are in, in ECW still. It, it kind of blows me away because they are a really uh, they're an an act that hasn't aged well for me Um, but you can see as a time and place thing that they really caught the imagination of this ECW faithful um, and really did some incredible stuff for what they were and part of it's kind of the, the, the the style they were wrestling and the garbage kind of style that they were bringing in. Um, but just really interesting how, how just how super over they were. On, it's, uh, it's the fun as well of it. I think it's the whole, it wasn't really match rate. It was when the music hit, people knew they were there. You know, they've been drinking for a good few hours at this point. So they just sort of dance around. I don't want to say, um, I suppose similar to Grado in a sense. Similar, yeah. I mean, it's it, the the entrance is an experience. It's it is, um... yeah. And, and again, that's not like a, a knock on Grado, but it's one of those in like twenty years' time, and you're going to look back and think, oh wow, 
you, yeah. know, it's, you, you wouldn't get it. You have to live it and understand what's going on around you. To, you know, we've seen Grado live and we were there sort of singing Madonna with him and everything else like that because it was yeah. just it's part of it. It was fantastic. But, if, you know, if someone... Mad Man Manson came out and turned heel from his weird version of Like a Prayer. Prayer. And then Is got very scared because he couldn't work heel. <laughs> but then if someone watches that in, say, 25 years' time, yeah, it, I mean, you get it in the same way. So I understand the whole, you know, because obviously we're not even getting the the proper, you know, here comes the hot stepper kind of music and all that. No. There's a very, there's a very relevant song at the time and it was popular and. Yeah, I mean, you don't get the impression any kid's going to watch it today and kind of go, you know, love our tonk the man, them are bruv. Um, none of them are going to kind of have that. Uh, I've been watching Top Boy. I don't know if you can tell. Um, this is the new you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to diversify. You've I don't know if it's working. Oh, yeah, you just, it's going to be nice. Give me a nice little transition as the weeks go on. Well, I'm, I'm trying to be our own public enemy. Um, no, we've got that with Griff. We don't need to. Well, they're a tag team. This is, this is me. I'm going to be the, um, I have to disappear and find the lumberjack and take the whole no, of ECW you're down. Be Mikey Whipwreck to our public enemy. I don't, vision, I don't want anything to do with public enemy. I'm quite content <laughs> being someone else. I'll find something else for me. There will be something else for me. So Sandman wins in a shocking upset. Um, yeah, and goes off to face Mikey later on in the evening. Yeah, again, a lot of these matches, you can see we're skimming over them. Go back, listen to um, November to Remember 95 review last week. Or week before, depending on when you're listening. And um, yeah, we go into greater detail of the matches and stuff like that. We're just going to skim over the November to remember stuff at this point. Otherwise, we're just repeating ourselves. Yeah. Um, promo, a promo by Public Enemy. What do you think of this? Uh, so yeah, it was it was fine. Um, so this is all starting to build the um, Ultimate Jeopardy match. Um, so Public Enemy were talking. Raven was talking. Um, and it's all kind of trying to build this. Everyone's got a, uh, a almost like a stip. So if something happens, then so if the public enemy lose, then they have to wrestle each other. Um, if Raven loses, then he loses Beulah. If Tommy loses, then he gets his head shaved. It's the most random collection of stips ever. Mm. Um, you know, as as ultimate goes, it's a really odd kind of you know. Well, what could he lose? Um, not made any better by Raven Raven's promo here, which isn't a bad Raven Raven promo. It puts a little bit more uh, history between him and Dreamer. So Raven explains that you know when they were twelve, he was his best friend, and they were inseparable. Uh, but when he got to sixteen. Uh, and Raven's parents split up. Tommy was nowhere to be seen. And then Tommy runs in and beats him up saying, I was there for you. I was there for you. I was there for you. And then Tommy walks out and Raven continues his promo, which is really weird. Um, now, were Raven's parents is the super rich parents that you had in WCW? I think that... I think that it's later kind of suggested that he's this kid of privilege and 
it's it's he's not had as, as hard a life as he had. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how much of that in the Raven, Raven myth, mythos is um, uh, a WCW creation rather than an ECW one. So I'm interested yeah, to kind of find that's out. how um, his, his friend Hack came in, wasn't it? Yeah. So Hack was there just by the pool one day, and that was his big debut. And Chastity. Chastity, and obviously um, Canyon was there trying to get him back. That's pretty cool. Sorry. Yeah, no, so... Um, uh, That's going to be a but... good thing to go watch. Um, Hack's WCW debut. We'll get that in there soon because they had the Raven, Bam Bam, Hack feud that lasted a little while. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that'd we'll be... And... I think we've got a little while before that because I don't think Raven goes until... 90, end of 96, beginning of 97. I think he's around for a little yeah, while. Well, because when that happens, obviously we can go watch because Raven's first match is against Stevie, isn't it? Yeah. His first proper match, so... Yeah, we'll get into all that when it happens, but that'll be exciting. Um, yeah, so obviously, next up but, we had Mikey. Oh, go on. Just, yeah, I mean, just on that, it's just kind of really weird because, you know, you've got this ultimate Jeopardy thing and everyone's picking up this and it's ultimate, ultimate Jeopardy. And then Raven's promo basically is, and if I lose, I lose Beulah. That's fine. She'll come back. So, well, that's just fucking killed the ultimate Jeopardy part of it. Um but, it's trying to um, get over almost like the cult-like sort of character, though, isn't it? It's, it's a double... Uh, yeah, so there's so the, the the problem is, and we'll see this play out when we get into the early 96 stuff, because some of that's going to be mind-blowing. Um, there's no real affinity between Raven and Beulah. Yeah. Um, So it makes it weird. You don't feel like he cares if he's going to lose her, which becomes complex. Yeah. Me trying not to spoil a 25-year-old (laughs) well-known fucking storyline about a guy and his legitimate wife in... Anyway. But yeah, that all kind of kicks off early 96. So... um, uh, yeah, so it's a bit it's a bit strange, but uh, this is kind of obviously leading into it. And then we had a little bit about Sabu as well, um, returning. Hey. Uh, Mikey versus Salmon, ECW World uh, World Heavyweight Championship from November to remember. Obviously, Austin attacked Salmon before the match and probably one of the greatest camera shots ever caught um, as Salmon sort of plummets into the camera and Austin emerges from behind. See, Mikey goes on to beat the Sam, uh, not Sandman, uh, Austin in that match. And yeah, that's that, really. Yeah, still is a, a, a ridiculously fast count. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I still think old uh, Mikey's being protected um, by the, the, the uh, corrupt officials of ECW. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Is what it is. We then go on to episode 136 from the 28th of November 1995. It starts off with highlights of Sabu returning at November to remember. We then get a video highlight package of Sabu. And it's, I mean, it's an interesting video package um, because it just does kind of highlight how many tables he's thrown himself through um, for 
little or no reason. Um, and, uh, you know, it is, it's, it's kind of, um, a bit weird. It's, it's a bit stupid. Um, uh, he's, yeah, just a bit, <sighs> yeah, but not in a, I, I mean, I, I, maybe it was me, maybe, maybe it worked different on on different audiences and everything but for me it wasn't a whole kind of you know this guy's dangerous it was yeah. kind of this guy's you know a bit of a bumber clark a bit of a fucking idiot a bit of a twat because he's just gonna continue to beat the shit out of himself and i think the cutting it so there was no context on it made it even more bizarre because it wasn't even that you've watched him go apeshit in the match and the match is over but he's still somersaulting through tables and he's still doing ridiculous stuff and he's still blah 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 it was just kind of like random shots of him jumping on an empty table so it just came yeah i mean my 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 thing is what i find with a lot of these videos at the time is the context is a lot of them are based around the songs that they've been put to maybe yeah so I know at the time his theme music would have, I'm sure it would have been around this time that he was using that um, I'm Just a Little Crazy song. You know, where it's like, yeah. Just a Little Crazy, that one. So I'm not I, sure if he was. Once saw a really good YouTube video who used that one. I think it was Dean Ambrose. <laughs> it could well be. Um, Such what so, a big on YouTube. So, so if they were using that, then it would have sort of worked a bit more because it's sort of showing that he's sort of crazy and sort of hurting himself and doing other bits. But it's hard to sort of, without seeing what they were doing, because there's been other ones as well, like, um, for example, Raven walking in the snow. Yeah. It just had no context. It just went on and on and on. But then, you know, it was meant to be originally to offspring sort of come out and play and it sort of just it went a lot better and it made sense why there was certain sort of weird skippy bits because it was just riding the song a lot more. And so I think things like this, you can almost give it a pass because the network, by obviously not wanting the copyrights, has done what they've done, but it's kind of not telling the story because a lot of the time with ECW, the story was the song that sort of was in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, him just a little crazy obviously does work, um, but to generic stock music six. Exactly. It's just someone sort of moonsault on the table. Yeah. That no one's anywhere near. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Um, promo by Conan and Ray. Uh, Yeah. There, Conan is he as loved as Eddie? Would you say, Nick? Yeah, no, um, <laughs> he's not working for me, and I don't know why. I mean, I like Conan, I, uh, I'm a fan of, of K Dog, I'm a fan of, uh, you know, I've not seen a lot of his AAA stuff, but you know, I, I can't fault his work rate in ECW, um. But none of them are hugely clicking for me on the level that Malenko and Eddie and a few others have done previously. Um, 
so yeah so so conan's kind of chatting along and then the dudleys get involved and that kind of all um you know gets gets up and down and and you know all i'm kind of think of as conan's going off is just shut up and um yeah it just doesn't really do anything for me and then we go into jason versus conan which again didn't really do anything for me yeah again it was the quick match taz was the special guest referee uh, basically, smacked Jason. Conan pinned him. It was over in seconds. Another highlight from November to remember. We then get some ECW fan cam footage of Mikey Whitrick defending his world title against Rey Mysterio Jr. Yeah, um, not a bad match. Um, this is one of those matches that I feel like if it happened in five years' time from here, it would have been outstanding. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. Cursed by knowing how good Rey Mysterio becomes, I think. Yeah, I mean, I find it interesting that um, I didn't realise that Rey was sort of so involved in ECW. I kind of really felt that he turned up, did a couple of shots with Psychosis, had um, one match with Hoovy there, and that was about it. I didn't realise he was, you know, sort of sitting there on 911 shoulders and wrestling Mikey Whipwreck and, you know, tag team matches. You know, I thought he just purely came in and sort of just did that sort of triple A stuff. I didn't realise that he sort of moulded and actually fought other people. Yeah. Um, and again, it'll be interesting to see how long he's there for uh, before he wanders off and does other stuff. Um uh. But you can see you can see bits of the Rey Mysterio we know and love. Um, you can see the formation of. Uh, it's really weird watching a match where Mikey has the height and weight advantage, yeah. um, but not quite. He he doesn't he doesn't know how to work lucha libre base style. So if you're if you're doing your your more classic lucha libre style, the bigger guy would work as the base or the smaller guy, and because that's not what Mikey does, um, his kind of slightly more loose style that's used to getting a little bit more ragdoll ragdolled doesn't for me translate to working with Ray. Um, I mean, it's a fine match, um, but it's 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 not one. You know, so for instance, we we know Griff's been been sunning himself up on a beach. She's not watched any of these yet. Um, there is something coming up very soon that I would recommend he watch because it's amazing. Um, this isn't it. <laughs> um, but again, like the same with this, it, I suppose it's weird for Mike, isn't it? Mikey, like you said, he's he's the underdog who flukes the win, and now suddenly he's against Ray, who's smaller than him. And Mikey's World Heavyweight Champion. So it's sort of like, no, you're the bigger guy here. You're actually the World Heavyweight Champion as well. So Yeah, and it's a... kind of a little bit more loose style. Um, you know, so his, his Frank and Mikey's, etc. never look crisp. So his offense, the small guy, you know, flippy moves kind of thing, um, is all the stuff that Ray does better than him. Yeah. So it's it it doesn't quite work. 
for me. Uh, totally. We get um, Steve Austin phoning in his points of view, little interview over the phone with him. Yeah, nothing much. Just the usual kind of chitty chatty. Better line um, than um, Mike Janetti got, which is good. Yeah, I mean, I prefer the stuff when he's him rather than the stuff. Obviously, we're doing the the Eric Bischoff thing and stuff yes. like that. But um, yeah, so stronger promos are when he's just him. But yeah, still would have been nice if he was there. Uh, we get highlights of the feud between Todd Gordon. And Bill Alfonso, and this takes us to Todd Gordon and Bill Alfonso from November to remember with Bueller as a special guest referee. Um, again, go back last week to get a full review of it, but quick version is Taz comes out and helps Bill Alfonso gets the victory, then cuts the promo after the match. And, yep. Yeah, uh, it says about how none of the fans have supported him. No one's looked after him. No one's reached out. The only person who did, the only person who tried to put food on his table, is Fonzie. And as I said last week, you know, one of the best things for me is Fonzie just chirping away. Um, yeah. As he talks, you know, so you've got the camera in Fonzie's face, and and Taz is cutting uh, the promo. And if you're going to watch the Taz promo, watch it on November to Remember '95 to watch it in its full uncut. Um, F-bomb glory rather than the very cut-down version you get on hardcore TV, obviously. Um, but, you know, he's saying about no one cares and, and Fonzie's in the camera going, I cared. No one reached out. <laughs> I did. Um, and it's just brilliant because it is just, you can hear how he's kind of manipulated this because he's just just kind of chirping in the background, chirping on his shoulder. Um, and then that's what goes into next so there's some promos afterwards joey styles is um uh critical of um uh so throughout this it was kind of um you know oh taz has asked me to come to the ring i'm gonna go to the ring uh then going out to see the jason and the conan bit with taz uh almost kind of pretending that was happening live rather than a show that was previous um and then in this, he's interviewing Taz uh, Fonzie, and he doesn't want anything to do with Taz, and he's he's really embarrassed by Peter Sinatra and knew him and respected him and blah blah. And Taz walks up and challenges him on it, um, and Joey kind of backs down as you'd expect. Um, and then um, you know Fonzie's basically building up Taz, as we will see him do with brilliance as we go forward. Um, issues an open challenge to anyone who wants to step to Fonzie, but they obviously have to go through Taz. And, uh, you know, try to knock the chip off of Taz's shoulder. Um, which which I thought was really good. And it might have just been because I'm hungry and chips feel like they would be yummy in my tummy. That's a good reason to have a promo. <laughs> <laughs> it works. I mean, um, it, it, was, it was an all right line. It was an all right promo. It's, it's kind of what you'd expect. Um, uh we know they get better. We know they get, as a pair, they get better. It's it's a little bit formulaic of the... So at this moment, Fonzie's the star and Taz is the heater. Yeah. Whereas we know very quickly we'll turn that Taz is the star and Fonzie's the heater, and that's a far better balance. Yeah, agreed. And then, is that then Loads into of- the... Yeah, we then get the Pulp Fiction promos. Obviously, we get Alfonso Taz, Stevie Richards, Pitbulls and Francine, Public Enemy, Cactus Jack, 
Um, Fonzo and Taz again. Duddy Boys, Bueller, Tommy Dreamer, Raven, Eliminators, and the Sandman. Did any of these stand out for you? Some of them. So, I mean, a lot of them are talking about the ultimate Jeopardy stuff and what they've got to lose. So if Stevie loses, he's he gets locked in with the Pitbulls. Uh, he gets locked in with the Pitbulls, uh, Public Enemy, and Tommy Dreamer. So it'd be a five-on-one if Stevie loses. Right. Uh, Public Enemy lose, they have to face each other. Um, uh, Pitbulls want Jason. Pitbulls want the Eliminators. Francine wants her nail back because she broke it when Jason attacked her. And she really wants her nail back. Um, and the Pitbulls explain how hardcore Francine is to uh, be doing this with a broken nail. Um, yep. Which, which uh, you know, actually wasn't as shit as it sounds because at least they gave the Pitbulls and Francine something to interact about, which is, you know, as of last week was my complaint that, you know, apart from dressing the part, why is Francine with the Pitbulls? You know, there's, there's no tactical advantage. She's the one that puts them in jeopardy every single time. Um, but the, the highlight of this, the reason that this is the bit of the show that I would recommend to Griff and anyone who hasn't seen it to go back, you can fast forward through all of the rest of the show. But Cactus Jack, Michael Foley, is just incredible. Um, so he introduces himself as Mick Foley and talks about, you know, um, uh, encouraging Tommy, uh, you know, he's in a suit. Um, and he's encouraging Tommy not to be hardcore and asking his fans to, to support and all the rest of it. And then goes through a whole load of stuff about, you know, but I'm hardcore still. Um, and the one that made me laugh out loud, uh, while watching it was, um, yeah, him. Well, it was, so it's the pen and the glasses, and basically how because he's not got an ear, he loses the pen when he tries to put it behind the ear, and he can't <laughs> wear glasses because they won't stay on. But I'm hardcore, um, and he was just that. Every single time they flicked back to him, I felt myself leaning forward in my seat, waiting for whatever he was going to come up with because they were all, they were all just really, really good. So it's really worth going out and watching because it's just um, it's Mick Foley at his best. It's 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 just so uh, you know his his anti-hardcore stuff for me has absolutely lived up to the billing that it had coming into this. Um, yeah, and it's I, I think it's kind of weird because um, obviously when he was retiring. And he was sort of the Cactus Jack and sort of went into the team with Al Snow and all that in WWE. I feel like they really missed the trick. They could have, obviously, I it. guess you wanted, well, they, yeah, they could have done this. Yeah. They could have really sort of wound down and given him time to sort of heal up and have one big sort of payoff match. But he, he could have pulled this off for months. Yeah. Yeah. This, Especially this, with this the, the, the WWE with, with their kind of, ability to kind of vamp on it and, and storytell behind it. Um, yeah, this, this is, I'd put this in the same sort of, almost like sort of the Matt Hardy doing the broken thing. Well, this is the promos that are different, but it's, it's clever in the sense that you're doing this sort of crazy characters sort of keeping people entertained 
but you're getting away with doing stuff that's actually a lot safer, whether it just be matches, just headlocks. Yeah, I think... Or, or completely pre-recorded. I mean, I've like not... Broken. I didn't think about the, the, the broken slash woken Matt Hardy um, uh, comparator, but actually, you know, with the Brother Nero stuff and the, the Spot Monkey addiction, addiction, um, it really is similar. There's a, there is a big similarity between, you know, the, this whole kind of, you know, trying to cure them of their, 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 their wayward style. That's, that's going to hurt them and going to damage them and blah, 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 blah. That's um, the thing. And when they have the matches, like I said, all the, all the broken stuff was cause it was recorded in segments. It was so much safer than what their matches were. Because you'd see them fall off something, but obviously you'd never see them fall, so they could have been falling on mats or whatever. There's plenty of cuts to cover everything, and it's different to obviously he'll go in the ring and not actually really do anything apart from do headlocks. And... Yeah. So um, yeah, no, very clever. So yeah, definitely, definitely worth a watch. From all of the stuff that's um, on these three episodes, the only bit I would suggest anyone goes out of their way to watch is is that bit because it's just it's it's fantastic genius and hilarious all the same thing absolutely um episode 137 from the 5th of december 1995 we are getting to the end of this year um stuff with tommy dreamer and terry funk versus raven and cactus jack this match has joined in progress and doesn't show a huge amount of it because of just the real kind of blood and guts that's seen in the the november to remember show um but yeah it goes through um uh this is a this is a historic episode of ecw tv this is historic in uh the wrestling world and the annals of of wrestling history and and do you know why um Because because this is where the great Terry Funk retired from wrestling. (laughs) This is true. Everyone in the arena can say they saw his last ever match. They did. And he cut an amazing promo and endorsed Tommy Dreamer and talked about how proud he was of VCW and the hardcore stuff and the fans and, and everything. And then Tommy cut a promo afterwards crying about how he'll always be here and he'll always be around and, you know, he's going to pop down and see us and all the rest of it. But we've lost a real icon from the sport because we've now seen Terry Funk's last match. Um, called his, and called I kind his of feel, war and left. Yeah. But your mom's still a whore. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I almost feel sorry for Tommy Dreamer and everyone else because they obviously were very moved and there's like a, a, a video package and, and you know there's a lot of stuff about him retiring. And I mean, I don't know whether it's months before he turns up in one of the other feds. Um, trying to think. Um the E doesn't turn up until I want to say ninety seven. Yeah, after I'd say after barely legal. Yeah, because obviously Chainsaw Charlie and all that. Yeah, so yeah, and WrestleMania 13, 14. So is it barely 14. legal? Born to be wired that he's 
Is it barely legal? That's the first pay per view. Barely legal is the one. Yeah, first pay per view they cover in so that's Beyond the, the Mat. That's the triple threat. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, um, this thing is well, not even its last bloody match in it, in ECW. Oh no, he's yeah, he's, he's back. Unless he disappears until barely legal. I'm going to Google when barely legal. Barely legal is ninety seven. Is it? So that late? Yeah, yeah. It's ninety seven. I feel there needs to be very careful as I Google barely legal. <laughs> <laughs> so your dog getting smashed in the background. I can hear it. <laughs> also. Hey, why? Are you come sit down, have a chat. <laughs> Just just put ECW pay per view <laughs> first. I did, I did, I did. Uh yeah, so um you're right. I, well, April ninety seven. Yeah, so it's not ages away. So I uh, just interesting because of the timeline. Um but November to remember oh November nineteen ninety six. It's in November, yeah. So a year from what we've just watched. Yep. Um, apparently, it's the mass transit interview inter- incident. Oh, wow. Let's try and find um, that footage for Chris. I've got a feeling it's not on the network. <laughs> Might be wrong. I'm just, um, just again, it's just amazing how we're, we're tripping over these um, milestones. Uh, but yeah, no, poor, poor, poor. You know, Terry Funk. Tell me a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Desperado. <laughs> right, so, yeah, Funk's uh, retired. Cheers for the memories, Funk. I'm sure we'll see you around. Uh, highlights of the feud between Sam and Mike Ritrick and Steve Austin is next. Yeah, just oh, same, same old stuff again. Same old. Yeah. Um, Video package talking through. Um, exactly. Of where we're up to date. We get some fan cam footage of Bubba Ray dancing again. Yeah, so this is um, this is kind of the big bit of the show. Uh, well, so you've got the, the Raven Cactus Funk Dreamer match, which is the main event of Hardcore, of uh, November to Remember, obviously, and Funk retiring. And then this is the fan cam match. And it's the Dudleys versus the Public Enemy. Um, Bubba's dancing. Um, gets the the... Uh, props from the Dudley, uh, from Public Enemy, who then um, start beating up on them. Uh, so that turns into the usual kind of brawl as you'd expect. Uh, Richards runs in, Raven runs in, Dreamer runs in, um, Eliminators run in, Pitbulls run in, just absolute carnage. Everyone running around, everyone beating everyone up, and then two mystery men run in and start beating everyone up, and it's. The new heavenly bodies, um, Jimmy Del Rey and Dr. Tom Pritchard. Um, and uh, they're a little bit unclear as to who's who. Um, so the story that, that unfolds in this, as they take out everyone with steel chairs and all the rest of it, is that they'd been hanging backstage with uh, Raven after going to some concert together. Um, Jimmy Del Rey is uh, the cheapest man in wrestling and therefore has just loaded up with as much free ECW stuff as he can get, which is where he's wearing an ECW t-shirt. It's literally what Joey Styles says. Um, 
uh, and then they've run out to save Raven and his team and his cronies. So it's meant to be Raven and Stevie and the Dudleys and Heavenly Bodies. Yeah. Um, the Heavenly Bodies don't seem to know who the Dudleys are because at one point, Bubba's having to no-sell the chair shots to try and make it look as if the Heavenly Bodies aren't beating up the wrong person. So that's a little bit. And yeah. again, you know, it's one of those things of, I get that it's kind of a, a it's a lot of bodies in the ring. Um, but you, it's a pre-recorded show. You know, there's, there's got to be something you can do about, you know, I know you've got one camera because it's a fan cam, but there's got to be something you can do to, to, to mask the fact that he's beating up the wrong guy and then just stops and they're on the same page. Um, but uh, yes, the heavenly bodies are in ECW and Raven has told Stevie Richards to be the handler and look after them. Um, so it feels like the distance between Raven and Stevie with Meanie in now and you know all the rest of it is starting to grow. Um, and yeah, we've got another heel tag team. It's a great video on YouTube of um, Jimmy Del Rey just dancing to... Well, not, not dancing and such, but taking all the bits. He used to do this weird sort of like gyrating thing on the way to the ring. And um, yeah, they, they took the Heavenly Bodies music from Dodo and just all these different things of him dancing to it and it just kind of works. It's quite hypnotic. So that's um, something to watch. Is it just, I, will, I will search out the hypnotic Jimmy Del Rey dancing. <laughs> It does. It's great. And, um, yeah, I think that takes us to the end of the show. Pretty much. Um, uh, you know, some good promos. Um, they've set up Ultimate Jeopardy. Um, Cactus Jack's standout. Cactus Jack is absolutely the standout, even more than, you know, the historic moment of Terry Funk retiring. Um, uh, the... Ultimate Jeopardy just feels like an overbooked mess already, so can't wait to see how this plays through. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 yeah, uh, just so convoluted. Um, which, you know, to, to their defense, is, has been some of the ECW matches that I've been super critical of and then loved. So yeah. you know, if anyone if anyone can make this work, it's them. But it That's just true. feels so big and and convoluted and messy. Um, but Cactus Jack's promo in the second episode is by far for me was the standout of it. Um, and it's incredible that they can get three shows worth of footage out of. Uh, uh, one one special. They've probably got more if they really wanted to as well. That's what's crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of other things. So you know, the the we've not seen a huge amount of Sabu and Tack. That could have been an entire Shah. thing as well. Chet. Um. So yeah, I mean, there was more that they could have cut out. Um, I mean, it only occurred to me looking back at this that the Mikey Ray match was meant to be on Hardcore uh, November to Remember because they, he was going to have that match, and if he got through that match, he faced the winner of blah, blah, blah. 
So that was probably recorded on that, but wasn't shown on November to Remember, which is interesting. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yes, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at underscore sports arena. That is us. We're always putting up random wrestling things and sort of daily little video bits and all kinds of stuff going on. If we see anything ECW, we're probably going to follow you. So the best way to get a follow is just put hashtag ECW and anything wrestling you post because we're always looking for ECW stuff. And if it's there, we'll probably find you and get involved in the conversation. But get involved in the us. conversation with us about anything. We talk about ECW on here, but actually we talk about all sorts. So I was tweeting today uh, to the Voices of Wrestling podcast because there was an argument going on about whether the fiend is a draw, whether he's a hot piece. And uh, they were saying that, you know, if you're looking at raw numbers and everything, you, you can't say that he's moving the needle. So, uh, you know, that was a conversation I wanted to get involved in. And um, anything like that, any wrestling-related conversation, we want to be involved. So don't feel it has to be just about 1995, December ECW. It's true. We, we know what's going on. Well, we don't, but we, we have an opinion on something. No opinions. We don't. Um, also, if you go to zazzle.co.uk or .com, search Sports Arena, you'll find a whole bunch of T-shirts. And I am considering getting rid of all of the T-shirts and starting again. So if there is anything you're undecided about, act quick because we might be leaving Zazzle or we might be getting rid of all of the T-shirts and spicing up designs. So, And there are some classics. There's some classics from earlier episodes. So, you know, if you, I was wearing my multi-tool of wrestling shirt just the other day. Um, and if you want to know who the multi-tool of wrestling is, reach back into the archives available in all of your good podcast homes and um, find out why Tommy Cairo is the multi-tool of wrestling. That's good stuff. All right, perfect. Next week, we should be out of November to remember and just in pure extreme. We have three left of 1995. So we will see if we do two or three of those, whether we do the full year or whether we cross into 96 on the following week's episode. Uh, We're going to cross the line. Reference. Um, Griff will hopefully be back with us. Uh, Griff is not with us this week. And obviously for copyright infringement, neither of us are allowed to do a dramatic reading of anything else. His lawyers have given us a cease and desist uh, when we, when we talked about it. Um, Yep. It's, it's his, so we're not allowed to touch it, but hopefully he will be back with us next week um, to give us some sort of uh, dramatic reading on the way out. It's worth waiting for. It really is. I'm going to come back for that. So that's pretty much it. Yeah. Thank you very much. We will see you. You just sort of say goodbye, really. Okay, go for it. Let's do um, Wycliffe Sean. Gone to November, we'll be gone to November. And that's it. See you, See you next week. Bra, bra, bra. Bye.